Welcome to The Greenhouse Effect. Our hope is that this podcast would be like a greenhouse to help you get unstuck and grow into your full potential because life ought to be fully lived. Welcome back, everyone. This is your host, Steve Perkins. And today we have a really special guest. Uh, he's the client development executive at Flywheel Brands, which is just a really, really cool company out of Chattanooga, Tennessee, that I've started to get to know lately. He's a father of three kids under four. Congrats to you, man. Great uh, for me. <laughs> constant self improver, leadership, personal growth, spiritual growth, and also into things like trail races. I think you have a goal this year of, of doing some big mountain biking. Um, so everybody, welcome Matthew Nutt and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. I am, uh, I'm priv- if it's a privilege to be here. I'm honored, really. Well, we're excited to have you. I know you and I have been having some really fun conversations lately, um, including our conversation on your podcast, the Flywheel Podcast, which is really fun one to listen to as well. But we've been talking about kind of personal growth, leadership, company culture, which, you know, so we just had to have you on the show <laughs> and <laughs> we'll try to keep it under 18 hours this, this episode. Yeah, exactly. I hope you guys are in for a 24-hour marathon podcast. <laughs> but for everyone who's listening, uh, just to give them background on you, I know Flywheel has really ex- experienced a lot of growth recently, but you guys also have a pretty extensive background, I think over 37 years in business. Yeah. So we actually were started in 1981. Uh, we're still family owned. We're on the third generation. There have obviously been many revisions in the company since that time. But yeah, it's um, as with all things, it's a journey, a journey of growth and learning and hopefully some wisdom along the way. That's really cool. And it sounds like as a team, you guys are just so cognizant of and focused on, you know, the company culture, community involvement, giving back, uh, even things like taking care of the environment and really growing your people. And I just love that. I mean, I love when a company is so focused on that and you see it reflected in the success of their business. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would love for you to just share with everyone, what is Flywheel Brands? What do you guys do? And what's kind of the heart behind it all? Yeah. So Flywheel Brands, like I said, we've, we've been around for eight, since 1981. We've had a couple company names along the way. Um, but I think Flywheel really depicts who we are and what we do. And essentially, we design and produce creative print collateral, promotional products, and digital content that connects with our clients' audience and hopefully adds momentum to their business, whether that be a marketing initiative or sales growth. And that's really where the name Flywheel comes from. So the book, Guide From Good to Great by Jim Collins, talks about the flywheel and how it's a mechanism for momentum and it takes a tremendous amount of energy to get started. But once it is spinning at full speed requires a lot less energy to maintain. And ultimately that's our goal. Our goal is to come alongside our clients, um, be that big burst of energy, uh, kind of do the grunt work for them, so to speak, and then help them maintain that in whichever direction they are headed uh, and really be their guide as far as our side of the marketplace is concerned. That's cool. I love the flywheel metaphor. And we're always talking about how to be a multiplier and how to kind of spend your time today doing things that make tomorrow better and easier. 
And yeah. um, it's so true. I mean, it's so true that if you have that approach, you really can build on top of what you've already put effort into. Exponentially, which is the cool thing. And it's uh, it's not complicated. You know, I think even being a multiplier is simple. It requires, obviously, foresight and discipline and, and good habits to continually do that. But I'm with you. It's uh it's a great thing. That's cool. So there are two topics. We're breaking rules today. It's usually <laughs> we usually have one key question, but we just had to have two today. Um, because there's so much goodness that we've been talking about. And so one is more around the company culture, and then we'll get to some stuff about more on the personal side. But what I want to talk about first is this question: what does it mean to have a culture of margin? And you and I were talking recently that 2019, a goal for um, your leadership and your company is to really introduce the concept of margin into the working culture, which for yeah. a whole group of high achievers and a business that's growing exponentially, <laughs> how the it's, heck do you do that? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. We are, we're trying to figure that out. Yeah. I mean, just give us a bit of, yeah, like what, what, how did the conversation start? So, uh, if you boil it down to the basics, honestly, it, it, started by reading books, uh, which if you're not an avid reader or avid listener on audiobooks, you've got to be. And so one of my personal goals, and then uh, one of the personal goals of Bart, who is in some ways my leader and is the third generation owner of our company, is has been for the past couple of years to read a book a month or listen to a book a month. Oh, cool. And that can change from a leadership book to a business book to... Um, it, really anything. I think there's just a lot of value in gaining alternative perspectives and spending that time digesting some wisdom from someone else. And so uh, one of the books um, that was read is called Margin. And it's a book written by Richard Swinson. And essentially, he talks about the importance of having margin in, in terms of emotional energy, physical health, time, and then finances. And and essentially carving out space in each of those areas of, of your life and uh, resonated with us so much that in our leadership retreat towards the end of last year, we kind of as a group set the goal of carving out an hour a week of margin time on the business front. And wow. obviously that's, yeah. So as with all things aggressive, uh, we, we tend to aim for the stars. <laughs> Achieve, and then also, achieving non-achiever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you aim for the stars, you land on the moon, right? So. Um, and then also applying that into your personal life and, and really it, it should be everywhere. The challenge is when you have a company that is growing rapidly, you have 15 to 20 people on staff and everyone is very aggressively driven to grow and achieve new things and, and to learn and to develop. You tend to wear many hats and travel at a very, very fast pace. And so the thought process behind creating the margin is, really goes back to slow and steady wins the race in some ways. And so if you're so in the weeds uh, doing the daily and kind of managing just the current business, I think you're really limiting yourself for future growth. And so you need that time to step away, uh, to see the forest, to get the 30,000 foot view, to, to kind of reflect on your goals, where you're at, are you where you want to be? How do you get there? Uh, and really, in some ways, I think most importantly, allow room for creative thought. I know in my own life, I am so busy from eight to five. 
that there's no creative thought. There's no capacity for contemplating doing something different than what we always have been because I'm just, I'm trying to keep my head above water. Right. And so the, ch- the challenge was, again, there is enough time in a work week for us to carve out one hour to sit down, kind of shut everything down and just reflect and be still and think about creative solutions to current problems. Think about things that we haven't even talked about, you know, just really kind of just kind of look at the overview of the land. Yeah. And if you, if you can't take an hour out of a 40 hour work week, then maybe there's some efficiency gains that need to be had in your current job. You know, everyone I think should be able to take out an hour. And so that was the challenge for 2019 is everyone in leadership needs to take out an hour a week to have some margin time. Huh. Yeah, that is kind of, uh, it almost acts as its own metric that if you are struggling to find that hour, that alone is an indicator that there's, there's some things that need to change to be more healthy and productive. Yeah. So it's either, either how you're managing your time or we need to bring more people on staff, um, you know, cause then on the flip side of that's burnout, you know, so correct. It's, it is almost more than just about the margin. It's also kind of a health check, so to speak. The margin can be a space for creative thought, which I agree. There's something about creative thought that needs space and room to kind of get in the flow. It's really hard. You know, I always think about musician friends who write songs. It's like, you can't do that in 30 minute chunks. You need hours, if not days of open time to really get in the flow and let things start going. And I mean, kind of like you were talking about momentum, you need that time to build the momentum. Um, But also, you know, you mentioned out of the weeds and it's not just creative thought, but it's also strategic thought and kind of getting ahead of, okay, well, if you just are reactive in nature, you're never going to look more than kind of like a week out maybe. Yeah. But yeah, if you spend this time really intentionally looking ahead, man, then you can look way further out and start to make sure your activity now kind of aligns with where you want to go. It is such a, for me personally, was has been such a culture shift that the first few times I was anxious because I felt like I was wasting time. I'm like, I don't have this hour. <laughs> I am just sitting here doodling in a journal. I have this, this, and this, and this to do. I have these clients who need me. I have these projects on the horizon. It was it was very, very difficult to kind of relinquish to the hour for the first couple of times and um, kind of get my head around that this is actually moving me forward at a, in a long term at a quicker rate than if I didn't do it. And yeah. so it is very much kind of a mind shift that needs to happen. And I think with all habits, it's that way, you know, it's weird and uncomfortable and you're kind of wiggly at first for uh-huh. lack of a better term um and then it just becomes normal how did you becomes... start to make that shift so um I, w- I will say that there has been some failure since the start of the year so i have not done it every week no um i know <laughs> right failed? shocking wow shocking <laughs> yes i am human i'm not a cyborg Your goals aren't solidified by march who I, are you i know i know <laughs> i haven't done it every week um but I can tell you for me what works best. And I've tried many different things. So I've tried um, going to the gym and sitting in the sauna where there is no, you can't have technology in there or you'll break it um, <laughs> or the steam room, right? That has not worked well for me. 
because it's just, I, the, the, the heat, I'm just like, I can't sit in here for that long. So, <laughs> nor do I think it's medically advisable, but yeah. anyways, hard to write in your journal. What, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what does and has worked best for me is there's a local ramen shop just down the road. Um, I go sit down by myself at a table in the corner. I put on my headphones. I listen to some like instrumental music, like explosions in the sky or something like that. So there's maybe something to set the mood, but there isn't anything to distract me. And then I open my journal. I tell myself that whatever hits the papers, good and great. There are no expectations. There are no rules. Uh, and then I just let it flow. And I've had times where it's like, I'm just right. Literally will write. I don't have anything to say. I'm just writing in my journal and there'll be like five <laughs> lines of that. And then something hit, hits me. So I have had some thoughts and inspirations that I am almost a hundred percent sure would have never happened had I not sat there and just tried. That is so cool. Tried to carve it out. So, you know, I've had some aha moments that I brought back and we've digested them as a team. And it's just like, there's no way I would have had the time to even think about that if I had not set the time out and kind of protected it and made it empty in some ways. That is so cool. What have you noticed? I mean, what has it kind of given you as a leader to have that in your routines? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, one, I think we all need to take a breath. I think our, our culture globally and therefore in the workplace is just fast. We are all instant gratification. Everything that we have access to provides instant gratification. And so I think we're, we are moving at a speed that is um, detrimental in some ways. And then I think as too, as a leader, um, I understand the benefits of margin. And for those who are below you or report to you or observe you, um, they see what you're doing, right? So leading by example has benefits in this world. And then three, we are very flexible as a small company. And in some ways, there are no rules to how we grow and what we can achieve uh, as long as we're within ethical and moral guidelines, of course. But we'll assume that's, a, that's standard. Um, so there is no set way we have to get from point A to point B. And so it's for me, it's looking at it and maybe coming to a different conclusion of how we can get somewhere, better utilize the people that we have, better utilize the resources that we have to get where we want to go. I think that's been the most beneficial for me is, again, that creative thought that um, if, you, I, if I don't allow myself time for it, doesn't happen just out of survival mode. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I just love how you kind of have a, a physical location, like you've found your place. Because I know that when I try to do some of this, if I don't know where I'm going, it sounds silly, but that's kind of a barrier to ever getting it done. Because it's like, you have to spend mental energy to think about, okay, yeah. where am I going to do this? How do I get away from distractions? You kind of have just, that's already negotiated for you now. Yeah. And I can't take credit for that. I picked that up um, from a book written by Aubrey Marcus who he owns this supplement company called On It, and he's very much into health and wellness. And I read his book and he made the comment that he is the CEO and literally the guy for this company. He turns his phone off and goes to the park and sits there, lays in the sun and allows himself that time. And to me, that's like, how in the world can he do that? <laughs> you know, like you're going to lounge in the park. Yeah. 
And, and so that's it, which is just the wrong way to look at it. Um, and he makes essentially makes the argument that if he doesn't have that time where he's, it cannot be accessed. It's free thought, you know, he's out getting some vitamins from the sun and just going to this place, then he is not properly leading his company. And I think that's a big insight that we could use a lot more of is that, you know, if you're not doing it, then you're, it's a detriment to you and everyone else in your organization. Yeah. And I, I think something I'm even learning lately is a lot of the kind of big names we know who have kind of accomplished a lot had practices of margin. They just, I think because it's not the sexy thing, it's not yeah. highly publicized and, you know, um, maybe for a long time wasn't written about much either. But it's now that people are talking about this topic more, you're starting to notice that a lot of them, like the other day uh, article, um, I think I mentioned to you about Warren Buffett, where he has pretty extensive kind of systems built into his life for this. Uh, yeah. But you just, you, you never knew that. You assume they just go a million miles an hour and... Uh, that's how they accomplish so much. Yeah, it's uh, it, it just makes you wonder why we think or praise, at least for me and my what I perceive of our culture, those who do the hundred hour work weeks. It's like, yeah, that guy, that woman, like they're killing it, they're putting it in, and you know they're unstoppable. But like you said, really, the people who are at the proverbial top, so to speak, are probably not doing that. And yet those who, those of us who are stuck in the proverbial rat race are trying to. And so it's like, it, there's this disconnect. Yeah. I feel like between what people assume you should be doing and maybe what best wisdom would tell you to do. Okay. So how did this hit the team? So, I mean, when you guys shared this or proposed this idea, I'm just curious what people's reaction was like. Yeah. So we had one, two, three, four, five people at the leadership retreat, including myself. So again, we at this point we're much more a family than we are a business. We're very small um, in terms of staff, and so we're all very close and are able to have some some honest conversations. Um, I think the first thing was, where's the time? <laughs> as you as you would imagine, you know, we're we're all very busy, and we're all doing a lot, and we're all spinning a lot of plates and wearing many hats, and so um, that was the first. I think unspoken response. No one verbally said, well, where are we going to find the time? But I think based on the feeling in the room, the vibe that that was perhaps the thought process of many, but thankfully our culture is such of trial and error and um, growth oriented for personal development and business development that as long as it fits within the moral compass, I don't think there's anything we won't try. And so it's very much our culture is like, let's try it. If we get four months in and it's not working, let's try something different. If we try it and it's excellent, then why would we quit? And so it would be interesting. I need to take a poll on on everyone else. And I, sh- I should have done that before this podcast to see how everyone else is doing. I think if I had to guess, they would be similar to me in that they've had some, but failed some weeks, just travel and you know all the things that, that can get in the way. Yeah, yeah maybe uh, later in the year. Let's have you back on the podcast and we'll do a check-in awesome. and see how how it's going, but more so what people have learned and experienced. I'd love to. I, I just, I think it's really admirable and great that you guys are going for this because, you know, no doubt if we do that later in the year, there will be some cool stories of what people, how people have learned and grown. And even if 
even if people mark it up as a failure slash it didn't work, I'm still there should still be a lot of really good stuff that comes out of it. Yeah, you know, I think just being willing to try, you can learn. I think with the right perspective, you can learn from anything. And it removes the word failure from a lot of learning opportunities. Um, and so I'm with you. You know, if you are open-minded and teachable, there is no wasted time. So there's always an opportunity to learn and to pull something good to learn, hey, that was painful. We don't want to do that again, right? But that's just part of growth. And, and that's where wisdom comes from. And so we'll see. It'll be interesting to see at the end of the year what what we have to say about it. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. That kind of leads into the other topic, though, that's maybe a little more on the personal side, I guess, as someone who's kind of a high achiever and really wants to go after it in life. You've been thinking about the idea this year of having more grace with yourself. Correct. Okay. Can, uh, I'm I'm cringing over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. Everyone's yes. thinking you're some kind of monk oh, now. Man. He just he just yeah. sits silently in, in a coffee shop yeah. and has grace with himself. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, but I think I think it makes sense because you're realizing that in order to keep growing past the level you've already gotten to, there's a need to get a little more focused. And so maybe even start with, I think the word grace may even be a new, a new thought for people. But where did this come from? What, what's, <laughs> give us a little insight into your, into your thoughts here. Yeah, so this could mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. Uh, but for me, grace comes from Christianity and the grace that was bestowed upon me by Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross. And in some ways it's, it, gosh, I mean, we could sit here and talk about the, the word grace for 24 hours. So I hope everyone's got their coffee IV drip ready. Um, <laughs> but in, in, in terms of professionally, I kind of think of it as like a big deep breath. So the culture of our office, the people who who kind of encompass the culture of our office are all very driven, very motivated, desire to bring the absolute best for our clients and to be operating in excellence as much as possible, which is a wonderful thing. And I think that's why we've seen the success that we have. Uh, what I have noticed in my life and what my wonderful spouse oftentimes reminds me, which is so, is so good and so needed, is that I oftentimes am willing to bestow compassion and forgiveness and a room for margin for error on others and never on myself. And what that can, in some ways, is unsustainable. And so, you know, I set lofty goals. I want to do whatever I can to reach them. But there also, in my mind, needs to be the margin of grace that it's okay. You know, if, if you aim for the stars and you don't hit the stars, you did your best, you did what you could do, it's okay. Uh, it's okay that you don't have it all figured out right now and that you're on this journey of growth and learning. And, you know, I, I'm in sales. And so there's that whole aspect professionally of growth and commissions and the emotional roller coaster that that can be and the tension there and kind of the um, temptation to operate out of fear of sales going down or not being there, you know, the next month. And 
And so just figuring out a way to still be driven, to still desire greatness, to still achieve and pursue goals, um, but not out of discontentment or fear or uh, necessarily like a negative aggression, but just be covered in grace. Do your best. What happens, you know, as the Lord's doing, he's going to cover the rest and, and to find a peace in that. And honestly, I think if you can get to that place of peace, you're going to see more fruit than you ever would operating out of fear and tension and discontentment, I hope will free me up to be um, better at relationships, which better for business, um, better at creativity, better for business and marriage and fatherhood, you know, all these things. Um, and so that's my, that's my, one of my personal thought goals for the year is how to do that. It's easy to talk about it. It's a whole nother thing to really wrap your hands around it. And in some ways it's probably a lifetime pursuit to truly understand what that means and to operate out of that. But for me, it's recognizing, okay, I'm here. I'm at point A, I want to be at point B and, and taking steps to get there, however slow they might be one foot in front of the other. Yeah. And it takes away a lot of the pressure, this mindset, because you're right, you can show up and do your best, but you're not fully in control of the results. And I think we often, maybe even if it's subconscious, we lump those things together. Yeah. But I think what you're calling out is those are separate. And what you can control is how you show up and you know, what you do to grow and improve, but what you can't really control is the results. And if you put all of that expectation on yourself, it's, yeah, it's just kind of a whole bunch of undue pressure that isn't going to change a thing. No. And it's so true. And I, uh, more than the next guy love to be in control. It is, it is, uh, (laughs) a weakness of mine. I would say I want to be the steward of my ship. And in some ways the ship is going to go where it's going to go regardless of me holding the wheel. And so, uh, I'm with you, you know, it, again, it, there's so much freedom, I think, in taking the pressure off that just would allow you to perform better. It's almost like going backwards to go forwards or to go slow, to go faster. It's just a mind shift mm-hmm. that, that you have to somehow figure out in your own uh, journey. But if you do, how much more effective could you be at the task or, you know, this, the obstacles before you? Hmm. Yeah. The two things, the, the margin and the grace really do weave together quite a bit. Yeah, I think so. It's, uh, I didn't plan it that way, but man, look at me go. <laughs> You're smarter <laughs> yeah, than you, you know, think. It, Give yourself some oh, grace. Oh, goodness. Good. There, there you go. There you go. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I think there's freedom and margin and there's freedom and grace. And I think that's to me where they kind of combined. And when you're free and you're not hindered, you know, I I just think of we're in a race, right? So life is a race or some ways our jobs are a race and they are an endurance race. It's not a sprint. And if you're running with chains on your legs and a 50 pound bag on your back, it is laborsome. But if you are free and you have nothing but the clothes and the shoes that you're wearing, how much one more enjoyable and then two faster can you go? And so that's, that's kind of the picture that I have in my mind. It's just like someone running with nothing and they're just like soaring above the land versus someone who's trudging. Wow. That's really powerful. And thanks for sharing all that about your journey. Yeah, of course. It is true. If if life is more about the journey, and we've heard all that, 
but yet there are some realities to, you know, we want to reach our goals so that we can be in a place to live uh, a more fulfilling life. But I think what I'm realizing from your story here is if you do give yourself more grace and you do kind of live a little more focused and reflectively, it allows space to really enjoy the journey even before you've reached some of those goals uh, right. that you want to achieve. Yeah. You know, it's, it again, creates space for joy, I think. And something I think I often sacrifice in the pursuit of just reaching a goal is the joy along the way. And as any goal oriented person knows, as soon as you hit the goal, you just set another one. And so right. it's this never ending pursuit of you're never truly satisfied because it's like, Oh, I hit that one. On to the next. I'm going to enjoy that for 30 seconds and then on to the next one. Whereas you could still reach goals in crazy heights and have joy the entire way. And I would much rather live that. I want to figure out how to live that way than the alternative. So cool and so inspiring. Um, you mentioned both the culture of margin, how you guys want to try to spend an hour a week. Um, professionally and maybe even personally to really just create space to think, to be creative, to to not be chasing after the emails and the to-do lists. And also then kind of giving yourself grace to, you know, not be so hard on yourself and to kind of allow yourself some freedom to enjoy along the way. Summed it up perfectly. Now, if we could, if you could just snap your fingers and, and speak that into my life, that would be fantastic. <laughs> All right, boom, everyone just do it this week. Yeah. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Those of you who listen to this podcast, this will immediately happen in your life. Yeah. Well, maybe leave listeners with a bit of a practical next step. If, if this is inspiring to them, they want to try to give some of this a try or put some of this into practice. I mean, what's just an easy thing someone could try this week that's like, you know, really low effort. Yeah. Uh, that's, I love it. So from a margin perspective, um, I think just putting something on the calendar, you know, once you write something, I think there's a lot of power in writing something. So whether you're in Google Calendar or Outlook or you've got a desk calendar, just putting it on the calendar, I think is the first step. Um, if it's not there, it's never going to happen, especially if you're busy. So I think taking that first step to implementing it is setting it on the calendar, spending a few minutes ahead of time to figure out what that might look like. You know, maybe a 15 minute walk around your neighborhood, clear your mind to have no distractions, you know, maybe going to a coffee shop or a restaurant, it may even just be shutting your office door. It looks different to everybody. Um, but creating kind of your special place, I think is important. Um, so that when you get there, your, your mind goes into the, okay, this is what's going to happen. You know, we're ready. This, we're going to do some margin time. As far as practical, practical application on the, the grace conversation, I honestly, I don't even know. Yeah. I think I, I, it's, that's such a, such a bigger concept to chew on. Maybe that's it right there. Yeah. Just, just chewing on it a bit. Yeah. I think thinking about it, you know, practical on all avenues. If you do not have a mentor, I would strongly recommend finding one. Don't be afraid to ask for one. It is, I think, an honor for someone to be approached and asked for a mentor, to be asked to be a mentor in a relationship. And then two, with that accountability, I think those two things are in anybody's life, in any area of life, whatever they are doing or want to achieve or who they are, uh, to absolutely pivotal requirements to have mentorship, someone who's been before you, 
has made the mistakes you don't want to make and can help you steer clear of those. And then two, someone who can ask you how your margin's going, ask you, you know, how are your goals? Where are you at? Have this loving, encouraging relationship, but also hold you accountable to what you want to achieve. Boom. Those are some really good next steps. And I would even add, you know, sometimes, like you said, with the calendar, accountability, mentorship can be helpful to get really specific. So yeah, if you have a friend or someone you work with who can help you uh, really hold to these things, set a yeah. date, set a, say, hey, I, I've even done this with people. It's like, all right, text me on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. And then you kind of have some, a bit of a timeline. I think that's, it's so true because there may even be times that you do it just because you don't want to tell your accountability partner you didn't. And even if that's the only reason it gets you to do that, you're still going to have fruit afterwards and you're still going to enforce the habit. And so uh, it's so important. I mean, we are, we're not designed to be on an island and we need community. And yeah, yeah. You don't want to do this accountability thing just to beat each other up and pile on more guilt, but it's really the motive is to help yourself stay true to, to your goals. And so by introducing that, you're just kind of adding a layer that's outside yourself <laughs> and exactly. your own emotional ups and downs. All right, everyone. Well, please go and check out Flywheel if you've not already while you're listening to this. They have an awesome podcast called the Flywheel Podcast, uh, where they talk about similar topics around leadership and marketing and business. Um, They interview some great guests. And I believe if you want more info, you can also email results at flywheelbrands.com. But Matt, where else can people find you or the company? Yeah. So, flywheelbrands.com is our website. Um, you can email results at Flywheel Brands. You can email me personally, which is Matthew with two T's at flywheelbrands.com. Uh, we are also, like you mentioned earlier, based in Chattanooga, Tennessee, but have clients nationwide. So we are everywhere that you need us to be. And uh, we would be honored to serve anyone that could use our services and our creativity. And um, we will do our absolute best for you. Great. Well, thanks for coming on the show. This has been really, really fun. And I think some eye-opening ideas and concepts for, for me and for everyone listening. Yeah, Steve, thank you for having me. It's been a privilege. Here at Greenhouse Effect, we are big fans of our friends at Belay Solutions, a company that provides incredibly top-notch virtual staffing. They actually provide us with executive assistance, but they also staff bookkeepers, web specialists, and social media managers. And the thing is, their customer experience is just incredible, and they have a way of finding just the right people for your needs. So we want to give you a taste of what it's like to work with Belay from one of their clients, Dave Richards, the CEO of Elite Performance Associates. Belay saved me when I was focused on growing my business. You know, I can think of recently, um, I was working with a high profile, uh, you know, federal government agency on a conference for them. And it had a lot of moving parts. You know, my VA allowed me to confidently let go of all of those things and just focus solely on preparing content and delivering a high value program to the client. Belay follows up with me. How can I give more? This constant prodding of, you know, how do you, how can we help you more? How can we pull more from your plate so that you can do, you know, what you're meant to do and what you're best at? 
If you resonate with any of this and want more information, go to belaysolutions.com slash next step. The link is also in the show notes, and we've partnered with Belay to give you $200 off your startup fees. Yeah, so uh, Margin by Richard Swinson is how this all started. Uh, So if you've got an Audible credit, or you've got, I think, you know, $15. It's, it's definitely a worthwhile read. It talks about um, physical margin as, in terms of physical health, uh, financial margin. It talks about energy margin, emotional margin, time, just on all fronts, how important it is. Uh, so that would definitely be my book recommendation. Cool. Man, we need to get audible on this podcast sponsor (laughs) seriously (laughs) audible if you're listening to this just waive my subscription fee that'd be great yeah thanks for listening if you enjoyed the podcast please share it with a friend don't forget to subscribe and come on do us a favor leave a five-star review it'll help others find the show too 